So hello and welcome to what can only be described as the 151st episode of the Adoption and Fostering podcast with me, Al Coates, and him, Scott Cass and Reddy. How else, how else are you going to describe it other than the 151st? Well, you could describe it as a, an episode between two other episodes well, that we, yeah. where we've got uh, limited content. It's a bit of an unusual episode because we kind of... Um, but sort of really busy getting things ready for the conference and life and stuff mm. like this. So it's a bit, bit, maybe it might be a short episode, but so many times we promise ourselves it'll be short and then, oh. Yeah, it never happens. Yeah, we light the touch paper and we get yeah, ourselves all of a tiz. Yeah. Yes. Although we are doing this in our working day rather than the evenings today. And once so again, you might drawing... contribute to, you know. Well, who knows? It's I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've dipped out for my lunch half hour um, and, yeah. and we'll be doing this. Um, yeah. Is it so? Firstly, um, uh, how are you? Yeah, all right. <laughs> same old, same old. <laughs> like a result, whatever. It's daytime. Uh, it's daytime. You like, do look how very. Is, how, how is anybody during the day? Seriously, I've just come out of a two-hour meeting, and I'm just oh. like, oh, now I've got to talk to Al. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, no. that's fair enough. Thank <clears throat> in you. Fairness, Thank it's just very, it's just, very, it's a very busy time. It mm. shouldn't be because in the run up to Christmas, normally it goes a bit quiet, doesn't it? But not this year, which is good. No, 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 uh, and uh, no, no, and we've got confirmation. Just an email came in about twenty minutes ago, confirmation that we are able to speak to the shadow children's minister, which is very exciting. Mm. I, I actually <laughs> told Tris about this last night. Yeah. He said, That'll be another one sacked within a week then. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but, oh, okay. Yeah, because Robert Goodwin didn't last much more than 10 days after. You know, we we, we cracked him off. We've killed off Will Quince. Um, yeah. uh, though he is lurking back. I've, I've noticed he's lurking. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it'll be interesting, though. But, uh, and God, I feel like... That's our standard line. It will be interesting to, but it will be interesting to speak to the opposition, yes, about some of the stuff because we've never done that before. So it will be. And she took over from Tulip Sadiq. I can't remember how her surname, but it was it was, yeah, up until they had a little bit of a rehash of um, the opposition. It was Tulip. Tulip, I think it was Tulip. Uh, I did... googled. I've Googled children's tulip, and that's um children's that's not um um this is this is this is but this is podcast go gold. Yeah. Podcast gold, isn't it? Um um uh you you keep talking while I yeah. furiously um, type. But we did um try to make contact with her and we did make contact with her actually, but it just didn't go anywhere. So um yeah. I th- I yeah, I think they all know they know the curse of the podcast. Yeah, um, but clearly, Tulip Sadiq, you yes, were right. There you go. Yeah, yay! It was just my pronunciation. You, it was really interesting because it's the same. I remember when we first Nadim Zahawi was first, and we, I remember that was sort of going Nadim Zahawi. Yeah, is it, it Zahawi? Yeah, which might be some sort of white supremacy inherent racism uh, yeah. in us both. Possibly, possibly. You never know. Could be. Not intentional. I know, what, but... I know what you like though. Uh, Anyway, so Helen Hayes is um, a Labour MP. She's a Labour MP for, I think, for some London borough. And um, But I think, like you say, um, well, th- this is a strategy we picked up off um, someone else who sort of said, you know, at the end of the Labour government, like mm. back in decades ago, um, 
they as a charity they kind of started to make positive relationships with the what was pretty obviously going to be the incoming government which is labor government which is going to be a conservative government mm. and obviously we're not not a charity and we're not you know who cares no. what we think but it just seems to make sense to get to know the the new thing because actually what do they think about the care review are they just endorsing yeah. it are they, have they got you know it will it be in place that the changes by then who knows it's yeah. we don't know do we? So. yeah and also some of the oh. policies and you know if if when it comes to kind of uh policies for the next general election what what are they going to be focusing on in terms of children and stuff yeah like that? so you know they might not be able to share it all but certainly i'm sure they're busy writing all that up for you told imp impending well, i was going to say doom but yeah i mean it depends on who you are i guess <laughs> well yeah but I, I mean, in some ways, you don't want to sh like they want to keep their powder dry, don't they? Yeah. So they they're not coming out and coming up with amazing ideas that the Tories are then going to seal. So exactly. it'd be interesting to see what she thinks about this stuff, and mm. um, because actually, potentially two years from now, give or take, yeah. it's going to be her or the Labour's bag. Potentially, yeah. it's a high level of probability, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Exactly. So come on. But so, um, if anyone's got any specific topics we they would like us to talk to her about, yes. more than happy to pick that up. And um, I'm I'm emailing it. Well, the, I'm emailing it up to the the time before, and we'll be asking her specific things. I think we would like to look at the yeah. care review, yeah. uh, the focus on special guardians, mm -hmm. maybe the technical question about independent reviewing officers. Maybe that mm. could go in the back, but more yeah. broadly about school. Yeah. And I think there should we should, we need to put something in there about the adoption support fund as well because obviously it's a oh it a, yeah it was implemented by the Conservatives with the Lib Dems in coalition. Um, what do you know? What do Labour think of it? How do they see it? That is a really good time. question. I know down up there for thinking, down there for dancing, as people say. I don't know what, what it means, but yeah. What on earth are you talking about? Yeah, anyway. Is, is that a Scottish thing? Is that what, in the Highlands, when you were I learning to do your Highland you know, dancing? Yeah, up there for thinking, down there for dancing. Is it about hills I, or something? I, I don't know how relevant it is to our discussion right now, but anyway, never mind. <clears throat> I'm going to Google that. I, I might yeah. Google that now. You keep talking. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. No, yeah. no, I'm not. I really <laughs> aren't, because that's there for thinking down there for dancing yeah. anyway dear dear listener if you if that makes any sense to you please get in yeah. touch next and make sense of it for us as well well for you not for me it might mean something to me obviously um, um so our, our um our winter bants as well we had our winter bants last thursday didn't we I, I thought it was a roaring success it was now normally we stick to these live events for half an hour because i'll get really panicky that nobody's bothered interested could care less but we went to the full hour and we still had people at the end, which was quite a surprise, actually. So it must have been relevant. People must need the winter bands. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I think that it's it's these dark, dingy days of November, isn't it? So I think yeah, that people... It's horrible. No, no matter how dim the light is, it's better than darkness. Mm, yeah. And if we can just put a little flicker of candle in on a, on an e of an evening for you, then... So we're going to do uh, some more, aren't we? Yeah, the tea light of hope on the windowsill exactly. of despair. Yeah. There you yeah. are. That's that's the new podcast logo. Yeah, but the tea light has nearly run out. Right, so. <laughs> the, the second-hand tea light of, of hope. From a car boot sale. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. we're in a long grass here. Anyway, yeah. so um, 
there's a couple of news items that we didn't manage to get a uh, drag up uh, and I thought it'd be good to just unpick them. Did you see the Guardian um, piece in relation to CAMS and GPs giving out antidepressants to children because of the wait times? There you mm. go. I've had that one. What do you think about that? Because you've well, been I... involved with CAMS. Yeah, I have. And I still am because we've got CAMS over here as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and over here, just as well, not as bad a state as they are in the UK, clearly, because I don't think we're giving out antidepressants from GPs. Um, but I hadn't seen this until you until you pointed it out to me, shall we say? Um and I think that the 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 article which was in The Guardian, the first line is GPs are breaching medical guidelines. So Whoa. which is you know that's quite a strong claim is it not well yeah, well, well if that's are the G guidelines GPs not allowed? i mean yeah i don't know what the guidelines are because i don't work for cams and i'm not a gp but so i'm assuming that gps aren't allowed to prescribe antidepressants to anybody under the age of 18 according to the um evidence according yeah. to the piece yeah um i mean mine's my experience of any sort of medical intervention in relation to mental health um, has always been through a psychiatrist, a child psychiatrist, because mm. a therapist, a therapist can't um, no. prescribe. Mm -hmm. um, but oftentimes, we as a family, we've had access to therapists, which has been sort of very like weekly, and then every three months we'd go up to the big yeah. house and see the, mm -hmm. the psychiatrist who were obviously yes. overworked. Um, and, mo and I think they have a duty as well to monitor medication as well, don't they? So they'll check weight, children's yeah. weight, because obviously that the amount they're giving and that exactly. so it's. There's a feeling that it's a very, it's a much more nuanced in that if you're an adult, there's a level of stability that you're prescribing into. But with a child, you know, children have growth spurts and you're giving, yeah. maybe you're, you're medicating them for, for a physical, you know, size that they're just not anymore. So it's, yeah, limited. which would make sense. Um, and I'm just looking further down the article and it's um, nice guidelines. Um, the guidance on antidepressants has been issued by the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence which advises the NHS, NHS and which treatments are effective. And like you, yes, I mean, you know, when we've had medication prescribed every, like you say, you've got a big house every three months and they do the weight and the thing to the point where Jacob has become obsessed with having his weight um, checked by someone with any form of qualification rather than himself to see if he's within the kind of, um, what's it, the... BMI. Yeah, and all that sort of stuff, um, which is quite good, actually, because I'm not sure he gets it for his medications. Well, he's like a racing whippet, Jake. He's just not a picking on him, bless him. Um, and I said that in the nice possible sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I mean, in, I mean, this it doesn't even touch on the debate around whether we should be medicating our children. I'm always, I've always, no, we no. always were really, really, uh, well, I tell you, I suppose I can tell you the genesis of our feelings were. I think I was always really quite against it. And I thought mm. that we shouldn't be in that. And then that was all well and good until I lived with a child who, you know, with the experience of living with children who were immeasurably vulnerable and compli complicated, that we just needed something beyond what a therapeutic or a parenting model could help with, really. Mm. I but, think we would be in the same boat as you on that one, to be fair. I think we were always against it until it became clear that it was required. Yeah. And, you know... <clears throat> You do that thing of, oh, well, you know, once once I've been with us for a while, you know, blah, 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 blah. But actually, it's not quite how it works, especially when it comes to meds. So I would be in the same kind of 
brain spaces as you about that but actually when you then you know some, mm. some people do need medication don't they that's it you know it'd be like saying a yeah. diabetic doesn't need you know diabetes medicine just because you don't believe in it or it goes against what you think but actually if it's going to help yeah i, I still think it's it. a controversial issue though. I, I mean i yeah. still feel really ambivalent about it um but sometimes i mean there's a whole range of medications for a whole range of complex issues mm-hmm. um um, but I just think that, you know, there's a, when you've reached a point where people can't get access to specialist help, then that's when things, you know, what are people doing then? If you, because even you could get to a psychiatrist, psychiatrist go, well, actually this, I haven't got any medication. But the, yeah. So then you've got a GP who's maybe not potentially qualified to that level or has that level mm. of expertise because they're generalist, general yeah. practice. And they're giving out, but families are in dire need, aren't they? And just had yeah. huge levels of anxiety. And it's a, you know, Oh, it's just really concerning. Well, it's just it's just an extra layer on top of what we already know that cams are. Would we say not fit for purpose? I don't know if I'd go as far as say that. I think that they could be, but they're just drastically underfunded and under resourced. And if that is the case, and people can't get the referrals in, I mean, you know, my my experience of cams in the uk is such that you know it was okay wasn't great you got an appointment but you didn't get anything beyond the appointment maybe a prescription but that was about it you know there was no kind of okay we're going to try this and we're going to try that or we're going to refer you for this or that the next thing um and it's a similar situation here but i think that the reason it's similar in some ways here is because there isn't anything to refer to so you know um adoption here is quite a you know a small thing it's a niche isn't it yeah it's very niche you know i was in a meeting earlier and we were talking about um the adoption support that's available in in this country and there is stuff that's um provided by bernardo's but that's in dublin which is the other side of the country you know which is useful if you live in dublin but it's not useful where we live um and the same with you know things like fesd and adhd and stuff like that you know there's there's nothing there's nothing to be able to refer to because there's no nothing available so Mm. apart from you know obviously what we do within our little organization but um so it's it's the same but it's just a different reason um and again i'm not sure i think the law here is similar as well going from memory where you know when we needed um, medication when jacob was on it um we weren't able to get that from a gp it had to come from cams yeah so i think that's a very similar kind of um setup um but again, I don't think that the GPs here would do that. But who knows? Did but we if, think if, that they would be doing that in the UK? Well, no. I mean, if you, I mean, I, I sort of tell the story anecdotally, and um, I have a friend whose child had a sort of a, a serious mental health it, it, episode, incident, breakdown, however mm. you want to describe it. Yeah. Um, and there was a serious concern for that child's physical welfare that they were they were they'd put themselves you know, into a really dangerous situation. So an emergency referral where there's this kind of life-threatening consequences to some of the stuff that's going on, uh, an emergency referral is made and it's 12 weeks and you go, mm. you know, so you're on a waiting list for 12 weeks and you, this is as dire emergency as you will get. There's not, everyone has raised it to the red level, you know, everyone yeah. along mm-hmm. the line is, and then you got 12 week wait. You go, actually, yeah. that just is not good enough. And yeah. in the context of that, then a GP, I mean, it must be a terrible position for a GP to be in, mm. to be faced with having to sort of break guidelines, sort of step outside of their their roots of practice to then yeah. say, 
right, I'm going to have to do this. Exactly. I don't like it. Um, yeah. It's really concerning. It's funny because it's mental health is the most, like recently, it's become one of the most prevalent things that we talk about is mental health. Mm. I was watching um, the, I wasn't watching it. It was on in the background last night, the Strictly, Strictly Come Dancing results show. And the football. You were watching it. You were leaning was, into that. I'm sure you were kind of white wine, but, but anyway, um, and I can't remember what the footballer's name. Tony something was it Tony? I think it was Tony something. Anyway, I don't Tony know much football. football. Yeah, Tony football. Um, and that was his. That was his department message was about mental health and how you know I mean speaking, which I totally get. Totally get that message. And there's lots of charities and there's lots of not for, not for profits and lots of groups that deal with mental health, but actually they aren't the ones that can actually provide you with. Uh, no. medication and stuff like that yes you can sit and talk to them and they can help you know and, and they do you know these these people are really good at what they do but in terms of this kind of thing they they can't they can't do that so whilst it's you know it's well it's for everybody really isn't it and you know you know yourself i've you know got experience of you know the mental health thing not personally but you know well i have personally but i mean well, yeah you know the extreme of mental health um with my brother and my cousin and um you know it's it's moved on a lot yeah um but obviously you know in terms of uh charities and organizations being able to you know refer people to cams or to, for for medication or stuff like that it's just not it's not yeah it's it's maybe one of those things that needs to be looked at quite urgently you know yeah we're doing yeah, a lot I mean, of, we're doing we're doing a lot of um promotion about mental health and you know how many people are dying from you know suicide and all that sort of stuff but actually if you can't fix the the basic provisions of that then how are you going to yeah. solve the the extremes of it it's, yeah are you right. exacerbating the problem as well if you're saying you know if you if you're not feeling well you should talk about it but then when you discover there's no one there's nobody listening or no exactly. one to listen yeah and no one to surprise yeah. the spot exactly. so on that on that cheery note well, yeah thanks move on to the next yeah. one yeah, you know me trawling the internet for the most miserable news for the podcast. It's Italian. <laughs> you do it so well. I'm a laugh, a song, and a joke. Uh, <laughs> tea, uh, we are the tea light of hope on the windowsill of doom. Um, <laughs> I think you are the tea light of hope. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a reputation for being yeah. uh, air towards the cynic. And Mrs. Coles uh, tells me that's what she has to warm herself up from a tea light on the on the work pop. <laughs> Hey, we've not had the heating on yet. So that's why well, we had it on for a, a couple of days, but we've not had it on yet. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Been setting fire to tires. Um, just you know, going, going around the local garages collecting tires. I mean, you, you know, that's nothing new for your children, anyway, is it? No, no our breathing's shot, but hell, we're warm. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not even funny. Um, no. So we, uh, do you want me to do this? We were at a meeting at uh, the Adopter Reference Group, which is. Yeah. Uh, it's a thing we go to, part of the DFE, which how long that'll last under the current swathing cuts, swathing cuts. Mm. Um, wow. We've not been... Yeah, chop, chop, chop. yeah that all may go. And, and I've heard people voice that view, people involved in that going, man, you know, this, mm. this, you know, it's all well and good getting all these adoptive people together, but it costs money. So there's the, you know, the, the cost of the secretariat, which is with um, Quorum, who run mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, so there's costs there. There's costs of you know, um, attendance fees for the attendees. There's, yep. there's the, the, the leadership board costs. head, yep. head travel costs. So, yeah, who knows? And um, but we were at a meeting and they were talking about the annual school census and about the um, 
the declaration rate by specific groups. So mm. the the background to that is every term the school fills out a census and says this is the this is the number of children we've got in different age groups, mm. uh, and they also there's there's sort of special um, categories for certain children, and that is to release funding. So for example, um, adoption, um, special guardianship orders, um, mm -hmm. children who and um, ch CAO, which is a child arrangement order, children who've yeah. got a child arrangement order. So that could be um so oddly this is not really come i mean i'm a social worker but it's not my field of um, no. uh, practice but child yeah. arrangement orders might be where two parents have separated and the there's been a conflict over where a child would live mm. and so the good the judge may make a child arrangement order that's quite uncommon and um, but more common is that it's the of the it's the step down below special guardianships mm. it's where the, a judge may say oh you're going to live with auntie or grandma or granddad or uncle or whatever or anything so anyway so you've got the stats in front of I you. I do, yeah. And 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 in actual fact, can I just say, yeah, they're quite encouraging in terms of there's been an increase in people self-identifying their selves as adoptive families or special guardians or yeah, the child arrangement orders, and it's increased over time. So we're we've got figures from 2015 all the way up to 2021. The one that I was most impressed impressed I don't know if that's the right word. <clears throat> yeah, impressed with as an increase is the um, secondary school um, people who are yeah identifying because it's gone from it was 34 percent in 2015, and it's now up at well 59.8 percent, so 60 percent. That's mm. That's nearly doubled. And when I think back to 2015, because I remember when this all first started, when I was at Adoption UK in that year, and we, you know, obviously did a thing about the school census and what have you, trying to encourage people to, to come forward. And the biggest complaint was that, um, oh, you know, they don't want to be, children don't want to be seen as different and, you know, all that sort of stuff, which yeah. I totally get. Um, so there's, there's been a change. There's been a, there's been a shift somewhere in how people identify it could well be because of the transition from primary school to secondary school and people are aware of it because it's primary school and primary schools depend on these little bits of funding um and actually people are now understanding that the the support it it opens up support within school if they declare um the the child status is adopted and it opens up yeah. the funding so it could well be that and it could just be that you know people have aged out of the of the schooling system mm. but i think that's quite encouraging um primary school has gone it's kind of no, it's, not, it's gone up but it's not gone up dramatically so it was 74.2% in 2015 and it's 84.6% in 2020 2021 yeah um i mean i've heard no. people i've spoke i've heard spoke to adoptive parents or um actually i spoke to my school when i was a governor this probably tips out the end what end of when i was a governor i gave up oh. after about 25 years of being governor and anyway, that's another story um there's no controversy i just gave up no they... <laughs> you thought you were there was a ganging order over how i got no anyway um non-disclosure it, um, it wouldn't be the first job i've got you fired from <laughs> <laughs> oh how we laugh yeah. um uh so the issue was that so my primary school they actually sent a letter to all the parents and said you know these are these specific characteristics that opens up pots of funding through people mm. premium plus yeah. um and they said however we're aware that you may not want you may not want that to be general knowledge so please don't you know don't have to necessarily go to school fill in this form 
and send it back to the office. So the school mm. office have got to know, but actually that, um, well, and I just, I was saying that, I was thinking, you know, um, what was interesting was some schools did not, some parents didn't, who, the school knew they had adopted children, but the parents were going, no, I don't want you to, Yeah, I don't want my child to be special mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, and so it's a negative, but which was kind of mad thinking. Um, yeah. But they'd worked out a really efficient way of doing it in a very confidential way to maintain, because some children, you know, and I think that was one of the concerns, wasn't it? As children go up to, from, to secondary, they wanted to kind of, they just didn't want that knowledge to be general knowledge, that they wanted, you know, that they, yes, they're adopted, but actually that's no one's business but their own, which is totally reasonable. Um, but I think schools have got better at... Um, maintaining families confidentiality i wonder as well um do you think that we've got a very different group of adopters than we had sort of like 2015 yeah. compared that's to now the, and that's my point isn't it um you know if you look at high schools as an example you know potentially young people who were in high school they didn't want it to be made a thing that they were adopted and, you know all this yeah. sort of stuff and and perhaps now parents are just going into high school and going well i, I declared it in primary school so i'm declaring it in high school so that's kind that's of a presumption you know, like said yeah they're aging out um but that it doesn't just apply to adoptions it's also sgos as well um and yeah. if we look at sgo figures um quite an increase actually in primary school it's gone from 56.3 percent in 2015 and it's now 82.1 percent so it's nearly great. it's nearly on a par with adoption um the same yeah. year um secondary school again quite a big jump 32.5 percent in 2015 to 52.8 percent so it's slightly behind um there's a bigger gap between um, primary and secondary and adoption but not too much um and then caos caos um 34.3 in 2015 and it's now 65.1 percent which is primary. really good like, that is a big jump isn't it yeah um secondary not well hardly Whoa. an increase at all it's terrible 25.1 percent <laughs> and then 27.8 but again that could be you know stigma and and all that sort of stuff that goes with something like that you know because yeah you know family family life is hard isn't it and if you if you're very if you're a different family and you don't want people to kind of see you in that way then it could be you know it could be could be almost an embarrassed embarrassing situation for yeah. anybody really yeah. um but i do wonder as well like you say it could well be parental but it could also be school-led this um focus on trying to increase that because schools are you know they're always having their budgets cut aren't they so they're always yeah. looking for ways to get money so you know um, and when i say get yeah. money i mean to open up funds that they're entitled to um so it could well be that they're they're doing it differently as well and we know ourselves from you know the people that we speak to there is a lot there are a lot of teachers a lot of head teachers and deputy head teachers in the uk specifically that actually are aware of um adoption fostering because some of them do it you know some of them are adoptive parents yeah. foster carers as well as their their main job so they could be they could have may they may well have found a way mm. to be able to word it so that actually more parents engage um to make sure that they understand it and also you know again i, I guess it depends on the school is are some schools ring fencing the money for specific children or is it just being spent generally generically who knows oh that's a real 
kind of worms, isn't it? Because we know that the school holds the money, don't they? And then uh, there's something that, if you want to start fighting Twitter, ask what schools are using it for, and then you'll see p the people will be, a lot of people will be really frustrated at that, what feels like a really yeah. opaque system. Um, but again, it's all complicated sort of legal structures, isn't it? That it's, it's systems that are bolted on to another system. And, you know, if you could sweep the board clean, question for Helen Hayes, if you could sweep the board clean, mm. you would maybe build it differently. Because um, obviously, if you're a, a child who's looked after, then the virtual school holds the money. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So, so they say, hey, you're not spending it on that. You're spending it on this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a big thing. It's a big issue. Yeah. Huge issue. Um, uh, as we were promised to do a short one, here's a, here's a tell me how are the preparations going for the annual adoption of fostering conference? So you mean the ANF podcast conference? That is its official title. Oh, see, there you are with your facts and your figures and you've been making uh, it all right again. Well, it's all about just everything being so, is it not? Right. Yeah. Okay. Just, okay. I'll, you know, I'll grant this you that. Is, this is, it's, it's attention to detail, Al. Attention to detail. Something you're not <laughs> very good at, which is why I do the admin, because otherwise we would be screwed. <laughs> that is so hurtful. I have a reputation okay, so let me, in some world. Yeah, you being do. A very You've got a very, you have got, yeah, maybe in some worlds. But if I was to say to you, okay, can you invoice this organization? Yeah, exactly. So don't even go there with me. All right. Invoice, um, from invoice. Yeah, exactly. So how are the uh, preps coming along really well? I mean, as ever, we find we 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 settle into our own little roles, don't we? So um, we both try and promote it as much as possible. Um, and we've got our speakers, and we we kind of discuss speakers, and then we come up with speakers. I think this year it was well was what was that about five five months ago? So I wasn't yeah fully compass mentors still. So you know I was kind of going with you, but just, actually just agreed. Yeah, well, not really, but you know, just kind of yeah. said, oh. yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's um, as popular as ever, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, we're we've yeah. got a great, a great um number of participants coming along. So we've uh, got, we've got a couple of RAs. Uh, is it worth us naming them so people can get onto their yes. social media? Yeah. So we have <laughs> Adopt East Midlands have purchased um tickets. So Adopt East Midlands. So if you're an adopter in Adopt East Midlands, then you could should approach them. Um, uh, and Adopt London. Yes. Yeah, Adopt London. They've bought they as ever they bought buy quite a bit of tickets, quite a few tickets. Um, and that's it. Adopt two. South East. West East <laughs> Southwest. Adopt Southwest. Check. I'm sure you told me Adopt Southwest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still waiting on confirmation though, so I'm not sure. All right, okay. So, um, well, shall we take a total risk? So, get in touch with the. Get in touch well, with I mean, them. if you get in touch with them, then they're gonna they're gonna do it, aren't they? It's just um, they did ask for um, the last I heard from her was is the conference on the twenty second of November? I went no, it's twenty fifth, and that was it. Um, but yes, it's adopt adoption southeast. Um, so if you southwest, southeast. All right, I'm confused. Yes. Yeah. Adoption Southeast, but if you are a member Southeast. of Adopt Southwest, then please feel free to contact them. And yeah, see yeah, get in touch. Oh, you can always have... just buy a ticket because it's ridiculously good value. For well, me. it is. I mean, it's 15 quid. Come on, seriously, man. 15 pounds. 15 off your British pounds, which is not very worth very much anywhere else in the world at the minute. So. <laughs> that, that, half a baguette. <laughs>
something. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say a quarter of a tank of peril, but I don't think it's even that. Is it? Um, but no. Um, no, I'm looking no. forward to it actually, um, and I think we found our stride with it. I think the first year we really put put, put ourselves on it, so we were organising <laughs> it, and then we did our own sessions, and we were chairing it, and we were doing this, and we were doing that. <laughs> By the end of that, it was no wonder that, yeah, I needed a stiff drink, um, and I still need a stiff drink after them because they're quite a, you know, quite a busy day. But actually, they're much more manageable than we we do it now because we just give our thoughts and have a little bit of bants in yes. between the, the speakers. Um, we, and as I mentioned before, the speakers, you know, we, we like to we like to choose based on experience um, in terms of speakers. And we, we like to have that range. So, you know, we've got an adopted adult. We've got a birth mum. We've got an adopted adoptive parent stroke grandmother who just so happens to be related to Al. So it'd be interesting to give her that platform. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to introduce that session, I think, rather than you, because I think you'll it'd yeah. be tricky for you wouldn't it it'd be like me doing it with Tris because I'd be like well tell them about the time oh no you can't say oh, that yeah, oh yeah. don't I'll, say that yeah, exactly. I'll bow out with that and yeah, yeah she'll, I'll set her up and crack, <laughs> she can crack on yeah and and we've got cool. Sarah, Sarah Johal and Beth Neal as well so there you go excellent I, I'm really looking forward to it it'd be good and then um, there was talk that we might there might be something with Austria we might be partnershiping in the new year but let's not let's maybe just trail mm, that that's yeah, just enough keep our powder dry for that one powder nice dry, one nice powder one nice one dry, yeah. excellent so on that note um, on that on that bombshell <laughs> i'm gonna go and snuff out the tea tea light of hope on the windowsill of doom and uh, get on with them um, some lunch i'm gonna have some yeah. my lunch. <laughs> i would if i was you excellent okay well um as always bon jovi and Jovi. <laughs> <laughs>